What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Welcome to another college baseball podcast here at Baseball America. I'm Teddy Cahill. Got Mike Lanana here with me. And a little later, we'll have Mississippi State head coach Andy Cannizzaro. Uh, We've done that interview, and it is a great interview, and you will enjoy it. I I really hope. I I think you'll enjoy it. It was enjoyable, wasn't it, Mike? I I really enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed the questions that I asked. I thought they were really insightful. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Andy's great. Andy's great. Um, Brings a lot of energy, really, every time you talk to him. And I imagine he's probably a pretty fun coach to play for, just with the enthusiasm that he has. I mean, you would you would think so that that's the kind of player or kind of coach that a player would gravitate towards, and um, you can find out how much Andy benches. Uh, we did we did get right. that nailed down pretty well. Um, he hedged a little bit, but uh, we we do have. If you're curious about how much Andy benches, uh, if you've seen him on Twitter talking about weightlifting or just tweeting the flexing emoji several times, um, you know we we do address that in the interview because he is um, probably the most filled out coach in college baseball. I, I think that's safe to I, say. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. I mean, I haven't, you know, personally examined the... If every, you're a college every... baseball coach and you think you are more filled out or that you like weightlifting more, please let me know. Or we'll, Mike, no. And, and we'll we, have you on the podcast. We, we'll I mean, get you on here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun topic of conversation. It, it's fun when we see these coaches, you know, going out there and competing, whether it's, uh, you know, weightlifting or, or running or, or whatever it is they're doing. There was a... Uh, I saw a video last year of Chad Holbrook racing um, some some of his players. Um, so you know, any, anytime I see that, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a game. You got to have some fun too, and you know, it's nice to have that competitive you know nature to it. And I'm sure players, you know, they don't want to be you know beaten a foot race by their head coach, you know. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, no, Andy definitely uh, he definitely walks the walk. Uh, as far as the the weightlifting and the you know the the emojis and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, then you'll you'll find out when you hear this interview just how much you can bench. It's it's a lot. It's more than I can bench. It's uh, it's comparable to what I can bench. Yeah, but that's that's for <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs> well, Mike, we uh, finished the uh, college preview issue um, mm-hmm. and we got it in the offices and it looks pretty cool, right? Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Um, you know, I would, you know, if, even if I didn't work here, I would make sure I'd get a copy of this because uh, it's uh, thorough as always, and the cover's awesome with uh, you know with, with Tristan Beck on on the front and, and, and Colton, Colton, Hawk. Colton Hawk, who, you know, unfortunately with with Beck today, we we heard the news with uh, a stress fracture in his back. He's gonna miss some time for Stanford this year. Um, unfortunate for him, unfortunate for Stanford, but you know. Don't let that uh, <laughs> discourage you from picking up our college preview issue because it's it's loaded with with stories and and content and really the most thorough college preview you can find anywhere. We have stories. Teddy wrote the the cover story on Stanford. It's very well reported. Very cool story. Um, we have a story on on Jake Berger at at, at uh, Missouri State that Ian Fraser wrote. Um, I wrote a story on on East Carolina and their goal trying to go to Omaha for the first time and it could actually happen this year they've been talking about it for a while but you look at the team that they have they're our number six team in the country and they've got a chance to do it and a lot of it has to do with what Cliff Godwin has done there and 
I kind of dive deep into the culture that he's built and yeah, I mean, it's we, we have a lot, and that's only scraping the yeah, surface. That's, that's only a few of them. Um, yeah, and it, you know the the cover with, with Hawk and Beck, um, you know, it, it goes to the our story, my story about um, Stanford going into Mark Marquez's forty first and final season there uh, in Palo Alto, and uh, you know how they're trying to get back to the NCAA tournament after missing it for the last two years, and you know send him off in style. Uh, and, and they really, it, it's built around this pitching staff, like most of his best teams. And, you know, Beck is, obviously there, there's now an injury concern, but he was a second team preseason All-American as voted by the MLB scouting directors. And Colton Hawk was first team as a reliever, uh, but he now maybe will go into the rotation uh, if, with Beck. Um, Beck's status a, a little uncertain here as we... Uh, get into the year. He did that on the Cape. He, he started and, and it went rather well. Uh, so they have some flexibility there. They certainly have the staff of depth to make it. Uh, you know, Beck, it, it sounds like it's not going to be like Quantrill last year where they didn't have him all year. Right. And that really hurt them. It sounds like they'll get back Beck back at some point here. Uh, and, you know, when he when he's on, you know, when, when he's pitching, he's one of the best pitchers in the country. Um or at least he was last year as a freshman, and we can only imagine, you know, after, you know, another year of, of um, you know, getting stronger, he, he really worked this summer to improve his um, ability to go deeper into games, uh, improve his endurance. Um, you know, he's, uh, if they can get him healthy, he'll be, uh, he'll be a great Friday night guy, possibly the best Friday night guy uh, in the Pac-12 there. And, uh, there are several good Pac-12 pitchers out there, but um, you know Tristan Beck has a has a chance to be the best of, of any of them. And Stanford checks in at number twenty three in the top twenty five. Uh, you know, we last time we podcasted, we talked about our preseason top twenty five. Uh, it's still a couple weeks from changing. Uh, once uh, <laughs> we got to get into some games, got to let them play some games before we change that. But uh, it the the issue is is a fantastic issue. So go out. Um, you know, if, you, if you're a subscriber, it's already in your mailbox, I'm sure. I've heard from some people who have already received it. Uh, so I'm sure you've got it. And if you're not a subscriber, go out, uh, find it, or uh, you know, you can also go online. It's all there on BaseballAmerica.com and more. Um, there's, there's so much in the issue, but there is so much more online. And we're still working yeah, on it. Yeah, still, we're still doing it. When you say more, it, it makes me think about all the stuff I still have left to do. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, no, there's, we, have a, we have a ton online. And you know, you're talking about uh, Beck and Hawk both being All-Americans. And, and we have that our preseason list up on the site now if you haven't had a chance to look at it. And, you know, a, a note on that, I mean, that's something that's voted on by, by scouting directors. It's not something that, that we're putting together necessarily. It, it's their opinion and, and what they view as, as the top talent in the country, which can cause, I guess, some confusion with some people, but that's the way we like to do it. We, we've done it that way for more than 30 years now. Um, this year, 17 teams participated in the, uh, in the balloting. So it's a, it's a pretty good cross-section of teams. You know, it's more than half of them are, are um, you know, giving their opinions on who the, be- who the most talented players in college baseball are from people whose sole job is to find the best talent in college baseball. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I, I really enjoy doing the balloting, getting those ballots back, being able to t- tally it up, and, and you know, seeing where, where these guys fall. Um, you know, 
I really have a lot of fun looking at it, right. uh, and and I think people, you know, just it, it gives it gives you a different perspective, um, you know, because it's one thing for us to to look at, you know, what guys did last year and, and what we think they'll do this year. Uh, it's another to get, you know, again, scouts who who are looking at the whose job is to look at these players and find the best talent. It's to get their opinions. I think is a, a really valuable thing um, here as we as we enter the season. Right. And I mean, Baseball America, I mean, obviously, we're, we're covering the, the horse race of the college season. We're, we're covering, you know, we have the top 25 and we're covering regionals and tournaments and all that. But, you know, we also like to look at everything through a, a player development and, and prospect lens and, and see who the top guys are and, and, and look for guys with standout tools and all that kind of stuff. And, th- and this is one of those ways that we we try to do that you know, in college baseball is to have this preseason list. And, you know, it's something, you know, I, I really enjoy it too. And I think it, you know, informs our coverage in some ways that, you know, it, it points out, okay, this is who the industry thinks are the top guys. You know, these are the guys that you need to really pay attention to and see how they, they perform during the season. So I think it's a really cool thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to, to scouting directors and everyone who participated in this for, for doing this. I mean, it's, we really appreciate it. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, our readers appreciate as well. It is absolutely valuable. I, for, for example, Riley Adams um, nosed out Evan Skaug for uh, first team catcher. And that is not what I was anticipating. I was expecting Evan Skow to, to be our first-team catcher, the TCU catcher. Instead, Riley Adams, San Diego's catcher, uh, uh, gets, that, gets that nod. And you know, that, that, that opens our eyes here, and, and it, it does inform uh, some of our coverage. He uh, was the, the West Coast Conference uh, preseason player of the year pick in, in your West Coast Conference preview, which you can find online with all 31 conferences. They aren't all up yet. We're still working on them, but they will they will be up by the end of next week. We're working as quickly as we can. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot that goes into those. Yeah, and there are a lot of them. <laughs> there are a lot of conferences out there, but uh, but yes, keep an keep an eye on. We have a, a nice uh, college preview index on our website that has everything there updated daily. So keep an eye on that. But but yeah, no, you mentioned Riley Adams, and certainly, I mean, he's he's someone who is worth paying attention to this year, especially to see, you know, the gains and improvement he makes behind the plate. You know, if there's any knock on him, it's just, you know, figuring out the defensive side of things. But but certainly he's got he's got some power in the bat and he, he's got some size. And it's, uh, you know, John, John Manuel, you know, made an interesting, you know, comparison between him and, and Scout in his write-up talking about how they're really two different, completely different guys where, you know, Riley Adams is a six foot four, 215-pounder and Scout was the five foot eleven, two hundred pounder. You know, kind of interesting that you have that that contrast there. So, but but yeah, no, he's going to be interesting to watch. And um, you know, you you look at the rest of this list. I mean, the guy who you know who stands out to me is uh, you know who we talk about a lot in this office is is Brennan McKay, um, our utility first teamer. And you know, he's a guy who you know there's an interesting debate kind of going on now whether he's going to be you know a hitter at the next level or a pitcher at the next level. He's certainly going to get drafted high. It's just what is he going to come out as? Yeah, and uh, you know, I got asked in um, my chat for the preseason top twenty-five to name the best pure hitter in college baseball, and in the chat I said Paven Smith, the uh, Virginia first baseman. Uh, but I was talking with John a little bit about it afterwards, and he said, you know, it, it might be Brendan McKay. So you've got that with Brendan McKay; he might be the best pure hitter in the country. Um, and then he's also this elite left-hander, yeah. uh, lockdown Friday night guy for Louisville. 
Um, so <laughs> there are usually when we talk about two-way players in college baseball, it's obvious wh- what they are best at in pro ball. Brendan McKay is not obvious. He could be a first-round pick either way, and a, and a high first-round pick either way. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he's done. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now, but I think he's twenty-one and seven or something like that over the last couple of years. Something ridiculous like that, and you know, the the strikeouts are there. He doesn't walk that many guys. I mean, and you look at just the raw stuff. I mean, he's he's a low nineties. You know, maybe touch a tick or two more on occasion, and with a you know his breaking ball is when he has it going, it's unhittable. I mean, that's what he gets all his strikeouts with. So he's a legit. You know, he's not a he's not a guy. You know, out there throwing mid eighties with changeups and just pure pitchability. I mean, he's a legit left-handed ace in, in college baseball and a guy who would project as a, as a starter at, at, in pro ball. So it, you know, it's going to be curious to. It's certainly interesting to see you know which direction teams go in with him and, and how they draft him. That you know that's that's definitely going to be a fun storyline this year. That is one to watch. Um, there are many fun storylines to watch. Uh, they're they're all over the place, and I think we're just ready to get these storylines going. <laughs> I, we we still need some time to finish the previews, uh, but <laughs> after that, I think we'll be we'll definitely be be ready to get these 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 games going right Mike yeah definitely I'm I'm ready I, I said this on our last podcast but I'm, I'm still itching to get out of uh, my cubicle here at the office and uh, you know spread my wings and and, and fly and go to ballparks and uh, not literally fly because I don't have that ability but you know just be able to, to go to as many games as, as I can and, and see some of these players in action it's one thing writing about them it's another thing seeing them so and even though they, they took Vine away from me, uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that Vine is a is a big portion of what I do at games. They took it away from me, but I will prevail. I will find a way to bring video to you of, of some of these, these prospects and especially some of these pitchers as I go to games. So don't you worry about that. That is, uh, it's, that is another interesting storyline to follow this season is how Mike <laughs> adjusts to Twitter video. Yeah, the, the, the post-Vine era is going to be... It's going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's it's been many a sleepless night since uh, since Vine announced that it was shutting down. Um, it's it's been really an emotional ride, but I think I think <laughs> we'll we'll find a way to to get past this. And obviously, we'll have a, a lot of video on our site as always, and uh, you know that especially comes in handy as we're getting closer to the draft. It's uh, it's coming fast, but as uh, as Andy tells us in uh, in the interview, Andy Canizaro, uh tells us that uh, we I think he he's happy that he still has two weeks of practice left. I think we're still a little happy that we have two weeks to uh, to finish some writing here. So uh, it's coming, it's coming fast. I think that you'll you'll enjoy listening to Andy uh, talk. Maybe that'll fill some of the, your your time between now and opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, really, we're really appreciative to, to Andy for, for coming on the podcast and, and talking with us and, and bringing his enthusiasm because, uh, you know, we needed it here on a, on a morning. Um, we, we, we did. We did. That's for sure. Mike's uh, got his coffee, but Andy I is, Andy is uh, always, always Andy, ready to go. Andy's the human personification of coffee in the morning. So he, he, he brought that, that much needed jolt. Now we welcome Mississippi State coach Andy Canizaro to the podcast. Still a little strange for me to say that. Uh, Andy recently went to Mississippi State uh, from LSU, where he'd been an assistant coach. Uh, and now he's taken over the Bulldogs. This is his first season as head coach. So, Andy, thanks uh, thanks for joining me and Mike here on the Baseball America podcast. 
Oh, wow. Uh, absolutely, man. Teddy and Mike, thanks for having me on today. And, you know, looking forward to, to talking about Mississippi State baseball and, and college baseball in general. And obviously it's such an exciting time of the year with our season coming up here in about two weeks. And, you know, just excited to get out on the field every day and get our guys ready to play. It is an exciting time of year. Uh, official practice opened about a week ago now. Uh, opening day just a couple weeks away. I mean, just how do you uh, how are you feeling about this team now that you're uh, back into it? You know, I'm I'm really excited about it. I think it's a um, I think it's a, a a very young, inexperienced team. But I think it's a, a young, inexperienced team with a lot of talent. And I think there's a lot of talented young players here that are going to go on to do really big things in the SEC and be really big, big impact players in this program and. You know, we're just trying every single day to get these guys ready to play as quickly as possible and, you know, trying to create an environment every day where it's open competition and guys are competing each and every day for at-bats and competing each and every day for innings on the mound and playing time. And, you know, I just want to be able to put guys out on the field um, that are fully invested, that are all in, and that want to do everything possible to help Mississippi State continue to build on the great history of this program and be the next great players to come through this place. Andy, for you, obviously coming from an assistant coaching role at LSU now to now to the head coach at Mississippi State, what's that transition been like for you? Has there been anything maybe you, you didn't expect, you know, taking over the, the head coaching role? What's what's that kind of like? You know, I, I think one of the best things that um, that the last two and a half years provided for me was to have the opportunity to work for Paul Maneri. Um, you're talking about a present Hall of Fame head baseball coach um, and, and probably one of the best CEOs of a program in the country. And, you know, every day that I went to work there, I went to work knowing that hopefully I would get the opportunity to be a head coach in this league one day. And, I wanted to, to be able, when, when the opportunity arose, I wanted to be fully prepared, and, and I felt like Paul was an outstanding guy in terms of how to run a program, how to get the most out of players, just the day-to-day attention to detail that it takes to run a successful baseball program as big as LSU. And so every day I went there with my eyes and ears open, just wanting to prepare myself for the opportunity one day when it happened and obviously was extremely excited that it happened so quickly for me and my family. Um, but I felt like working for Paul for the last two and a half years uh, was the best person in the country for me to work for and uh, prepared me and got me ready for this opportunity as quickly as possible. When did you realize that you wanted to be a head coach? Was that something when you were growing up you, you wanted to be or, or when you were a player? When, when was it that you realized this was something you wanted to do? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, and you know, my dad was a former high school coach and my dad was a former college coach um, at Tulane back in the 80s. And, you know, just growing up in the dugout and being a bat boy for that team every day, you know, basically, guys, I wanted to be just like my dad. You know, I wanted to do the things that he did. Um, and so I knew I wanted to play baseball for as long as I possibly could. And the love of the game came from him and being around his teams every day and ultimately wanting to be at the ballpark so I could spend time with my dad and just fell in love with the game and wanted to be a coach when my playing career ended. And 
obviously the the opportunity to get in into the scouting department with the New York Yankees right after my playing career um, was a, was an unbelievable opportunity for me. Um, it allowed me to be around a guy by the name of Damon Oppenheimer, who is the scouting director for the New York Yankees and one of the vice presidents of that organization, who, in my opinion, is the best talent evaluator um, in professional baseball. And just to be able to pick his brain every single day really felt like it prepared me uh, for the opportunity to learn how to evaluate players. Um, and then that's something that I take with me every day during the recruiting process of all these young kids that we're evaluating every single day. And so I felt like the opportunity to work for the New York Yankees prepared me to recruit in college. And then the opportunity to work for Paul every day at LSU prepared me with the baseball coaching skill part of it to be able to run my own program. So I always knew I wanted to coach in the, my two previous stops with the New York Yankees, being around Damon every day and being around at LSU for the last two and a half years, I really felt like prepared me better than anyone in the country to, to have this opportunity to be the head coach here at Mississippi State. And it's one that, that you know I'm extremely honored and extremely privileged to have and want to do everything possible to um, – to continue to, to build on all the success that Mississippi State has had in the past. We want to continue to win the SEC. We want to continue to get to Omaha. And ultimately, I want to do everything by power to help Mississippi State with very first national championship in baseball. Last year, obviously, the, the Bulldogs did win the SEC uh, in the regular season, completed a, a worst-to-first turnaround. Uh but like you mentioned, it's a younger team now. A lot of those guys are gone. Uh, Jake Mangum maybe leads the returners, just a sophomore, but he won the SEC batting title last year. Uh, he, the MLB scouting directors that vote on our preseason All-America teams, they voted him a, a second-team preseason All-American uh, this year. Just what is it about Jake that makes him uh, such a special player? Jake Mangum is, is an absolute stud on the baseball field. You know, he is a guy that has an incredible feel for the barrel. His hand-eye coordination is off the chart, guys. Um, he is able to barrel up right-handed guys, left-handed guys, velocity, sink it, cut it. It doesn't matter. He gives you a quality at-bat every single time. His work ethic out in the outfield um, is incredible in terms of just the daily work that he puts in each and every day to have the success when the lights come on. So to have a guy like Jake Mangum on our team that is so young and inexperienced this year is a tremendous guy for our freshmen and sophomores to watch play every day, to watch practice every day, and he sets a great tone for our practice every single day. We have other guys on our team, um, Teddy and Mike, that are incredible leaders as well. And the next guy I'll mention is Brent Rooker. Brett had an incredible year last year in the SEC. He was an All-SEC performer. He's another preseason All-American for us. His at-bats have been incredible. He continues to get better and better and better every single day on the field. He's 225 pounds right now. He's driving the ball out of the ballpark to every part of the field. He is a grown man hitting baseballs right now. Both of those guys have been incredible leaders for our position players. Blake Smith, there is a returner, 
in the bullpen for us that had a bunch of saves last year here at Mississippi State. Tremendous worker, great makeup. Uh, he really leads our pitching staff each and every day. We returned Connor Pilkington, who was a freshman All-American last year, that pitched Sundays for the SEC championship team here last year. He is a power lefty, strong 6'3", 225, left-handed guy, going to run his fastball up to 93, 94 miles an hour with secondary stuff. He's an innings eater type of guy that should be ready to accept the Friday night role for us this year and go give us quality, competitive innings and give us a chance to win every Friday night. So it's a young, inexperienced team, but it's a very talented, young, inexperienced team, one that I think is going to get, you know, continue to get better and better the more we're on the field. The more we play the game as a team, the better we're going to get, and we're working hard every single day getting after this thing, preparing our guys, getting us ready for February 17th and opening night. But I think it's a team that's going to get better and better and better as the year goes on and will ultimately be you know, ready when SEC play opens up when we start the year at Arkansas. And I just think it's, it's a team that I'm excited about, and I'm really excited about the future of baseball here at Mississippi State. You, you mentioned it's a it's a young and inexperienced team, but also a talented team. And I mean, looking at the freshmen that you guys bring in, obviously there there's some talent there. Guys like Graham Ashcraft and Riley Self and Dustin Skelton. I mean, what have you seen from those guys so far, and how much of an impact do you think your freshman class can make for you guys this year? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm really glad you asked me about those three young freshmen. They've been outstanding since I've shown up here. Um, Let's, we'll talk about the two pitchers first, um, Graham Ashcraft and Riley Self. Both of these guys are power stuff right-handed pitchers. Graham Ashcraft um, is going to run his fastball up to 98 or 99 miles an hour. His secondary stuff is getting better by the day. Riley Self is the same power type of righty that's going to fastball is going to be 93, 94, 95 miles an hour with a cutter and a slider and a feel for changeup. Both of these guys are getting better and better every time they're on the mound. And I get a, give a lot of credit to our pitching coach, Gary Henderson, and the work that he is doing daily with these guys, getting them prepared to have success in the SEC at an, at an early age. Um, Gary does a terrific job with delivery, um, with secondary development, the cerebral part of pitching, and our, and our guys are getting better and better by the day. Um, Dustin Skelton is a catcher slash third baseman for us. Tremendous field to hit. Does a really good job behind the plate. Um, very athletic kid that's going to bring some versatility to our team in year one. He continues to get better and better by the day. Um, Dustin is a guy that's going to have a tremendous career here at Mississippi State. He is a guy that's really going to impact our program moving forward, and he's going to be one of our offensive leaders for years to come here at Mississippi State. Those three guys, in addition to a freshman like Denver McQuarrie, are going to have a tremendous impact on our team this year in year one. Um, looking forward to big things out of all four of those guys. And I think guys like Jake Mangum, guys like Connor Pilkington that had success in this league, Last year and year one are tremendous role models for those four young guys we just talked about. So there's a lot of exciting things on the field. Uh, you also have a, a big addition off the field, literally. Um, the, the scoreboard there now is going to be the, the biggest in college baseball. 
Um, how much, uh, like, just how big is it when you're standing on the field? I can't even begin to describe to you how big this thing is. <laughs> Two weeks ago, when they lit up the scoreboard for the first time at night, it literally lit up the entire town. I was chuckling, driving away from the stadium, thinking it reminded me of the Griswold Christmas when Chevy <laughs> Chase lit up his house for the first time. <laughs> the signs were blinking red, green, blue all night long, and the entire city of Starkville was just glowing all night with this scoreboard on. It is gigantic. It's the M over S. sits at the top of the scoreboard. It's as high as the light. The video screen, I think, is bigger than three or four teams in the big leagues. It's the biggest by 40% in all of college baseball. So it's a tremendous recruiting tool. Um, it's something that all of our commits and all of our guys that have signed with us are extremely excited about. Um, it reminds you of the old school drive-in drive movie theaters where you can pull up your park and it's the biggest and baddest screen in all of college baseball. It's incredible, guys. <laughs> Do you ever just chill in the ballpark and watch some Netflix on that screen or, or what? <laughs> wow. You know what? You, you could definitely open up the gates, throw a Super Bowl party here, and it'd be the best place in America anybody would watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know and, I there's... It, and I think in time, when the, when the Cowboys play in the Super Bowl and Dak Prescott is their quarterback, I think we might just go ahead and open up Duty Noble and put 15,000, 20,000 people in here to watch the game. There you go. There are some other plans uh, in the works there for, for the, the Duty Noble Stadium. Uh, just what, what, are you, um, what are you expecting in the future in, in terms of that? Absolutely. You know, there's a there's going to be a brand-new Judy Noble here that will be open for the first pitch of the 2019 season. It's going to be upwards of a $60 million ballpark with all the bells and whistles and everything you can ever imagine in this, in this stadium. It truly will be the nicest facility in all of college baseball, and nothing else will even be a close second. So we're extremely excited about the future here. You know, there's so much excitement that's being generated in this program right now. Um, season tickets are already through the roof right now. They've already reached an all-time high. You know, there's just so much, you know, great stuff going on in this program. I'm just extremely honored and extremely privileged to be the head baseball coach here and can't wait to get started. Looking forward to our 2017 season. Uh, looking forward to all the years to come. And uh, got some gigantic plans and gigantic things that we're going to accomplish here at Mississippi State. And uh, just looking forward to, to getting out on the field and getting our team ready and getting our players ready to get after this thing. In the uh, plans for that thing, what's the weight room look like in the new stadium? <laughs> we're gonna. It, it's got to have a weight room, right? It won't be too far away, you know. So. Um, yeah, guys, we certainly have a belief in this program where we love the weight room. We want our guys bigger, stronger, faster, and um, just want our guys really buying into it. Our strength and conditioning coach, Brian Neal, does a tremendous job with our players. Um, extremely impressed with the work that he has done with our players and uh, getting our guys ready to fill out those uniforms. We've seen some, some videos here and there of uh... – you on Twitter lifting some weights and, and being in the weight room with the guys. Is, is there anyone on the team that can outbench you? Anyone who can bench more than you? 
I take a lot of pride in saying no chance, fellas. <laughs> uh, we've got some really strong guys. Brent Brooker is extremely strong. Um, Jake Mangum is pound for pound, one of our strongest guys on the team. We've got several pitchers that squat over 500 pounds. We've got a sophomore pitcher, Keegan James, that just set the all-time Mississippi State uh, squat record of 530 pounds this year. So, wow. um, yeah, we've got a we've got a strong belief here that we want to be as big and as strong and as physical as we can possibly be. And we, I really want our guys finding to the weight room and loving to spend time in that thing. So, what are you benching? I mean. I- for for our listeners that don't know, Andy is uh, he is he fills out the uniform well, and uh, your favorite emoji, I think it's fair to say, is the the flexing emoji. Um, so how much how much are you benching these days? Oh God, you guys are putting me on the spot. That's hilarious. Um, oh man, let's see here. Um, let's see, myself and Brian Neal were in the weight room last week. Uh, we were both able to, to, to bench, uh, let's just call it, a, you know, several several pounds over 350 pounds on the bench. Impressive. So we'll, we'll, just call it, we'll just call it north of 350, and, and some days are better than others. <laughs> just really depends on what body part doesn't hurt that day. Well, you know, in addition to, to coaching and, um, you know, playing in the big leagues, you, you mentioned that, that you also spent some time as a scout. You were with the Yankees for five years, and you were a rather successful area scout. You have seven big leaguers already uh, from those five years, uh, including guys like uh, Lynn Grin and, and Jonathan Holder from, from Mississippi State. Um, what what about scouting did you take to that that allowed you to to identify some big leaguers and, and then um, you know be be able to draft and sign a few uh, for the for the Yankees? You know, I think the biggest things that I took with me from my time with the Yankees, um, you know, now bringing with me here to Mississippi State in the recruiting world is never get away from the tools. Um, one of the things we always talked about with the Yankees are you know, kind of prioritizing, you know, certain tools for certain positions. You know, you've got the five tools in baseball, hit, power, field, run, and throw. Every position on the field, if you rank those five, you know, certain certain things need to be, you know, of a higher priority than others. And so it's kind of like a position profile, so to speak. And that's one of the things that I try to do recruiting is identified players that can play, you know, certain positions and have my beliefs and what I want out of those positions and then follow the tools. So you've got to do a really good job of identifying the tools at the position that you're recruiting. And then guys, one of the biggest things that I learned with the Yankees, um, and it has a lot to do with everybody that I was around, and I want to mention those guys' names, and I don't want to leave anybody out. So Damon Oppenheimer is our scouting director, Brian Barber, Tim Kelly, uh, DJ Spillick. All of our guys work Scott Love Camp, and I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'll just say the entire scouting department with the Yankees put such a big priority on the makeup and character of the player. And so I'm a huge believer in makeup and character. You want guys in your program, you want guys on your team 
that are serious about the game of baseball. You want guys that are going to do everything in their power to be the very best player they can be. We want guys in our program that are going to be great students. We want guys in our program that are going to be great role models for young kids in this community. Because here at Mississippi State, there's probably more people that know who Jake Mangum are than they do who the starting running back is at Mississippi State or the point guard. And our baseball players are so noticeable here in the town that we want our players to be great role models and leaders in the community. We get our players involved going to elementary schools, being around young kids, volunteering their time. We want great kids in this program, not just great baseball players. We want the total package here. Ability, great students, great role models. Makeup is extremely important to the New York Yankees, and it's extremely important to me. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that I took from that group is, you know, it's not just about the talent. There's lots of people that can play. But if you're going to reach your full potential, you need to be fully invested, in, and baseball has to be one of the most important things to you in your life while you're doing it. And that's what I want guys to do. Jonathan Holder uh, was not a high pick uh, out of Mississippi State. Obviously, he had an incredible career for them, but he wasn't a high pick. Uh, and he had a lot of success in the minor leagues and got to the big leagues this year. Just what was it like seeing a guy like that um, to, to be able to have that success and, and to get to New York this season? Absolutely, and I think Jonathan Holder embodies everything that the New York Yankees are about. He was an extremely high performer in college. He was an extremely high performer in the SEC, which is the toughest league in all of college baseball. And then on top of that, guys, his makeup, character, and work ethic are off the chart. He's one of the best uh, 21, 22-year-old kids that I've ever been around in terms of the makeup, competitive um, side of it. And so when we were able to grasp Jonathan, he immediately went out there, and baseball was the most important thing to him. He did everything in his power to make himself as good as he can possibly be. He was extremely coachable. The player development staff with the New York Yankees did an incredible job of continuing to develop his secondary pitches. You know, Jonathan Holder is an elite competitor, and you're not going to tell him he's not going to succeed. He is going to do – you are going to have to beat him and beat him and beat him off the mound for him not to think that he's the best guy in the ballpark every single day he walks in there. So you're talking about a guy that is everything that the New York Yankees are about. You know, fastball command, plus secondary stuff, elite competitor, makeup with success in the SEC. And ultimately, if you can pitch in the SEC and can pitch in front of 10, 12, 15,000 people, 25,000 people in Omaha – then you're going to be able to handle pitching in front of forty to 50,000 people at Yankee Stadium. He's been on the big stage before. It's not too big for him. He's not scared. He was ready to have success when he entered professional baseball. 
You, you've talked about how much you've learned from from the Yankees and from Coach Maneri over at LSU. I mean, how comforting is it for you too to you know in your first year as a head coach at Mississippi State to have you know a guy like Gary Henderson, who you know a longtime head coach at Kentucky, a lot of success coaching the SEC, and then obviously you know John Cohen, the previous coach there, being your athletic director. I imagine there's some comfort having those guys on your side and, and supporting you. Yeah, you're exactly right. In, in terms of Gary. You know, I couldn't have a better pitching coach, um, someone who's got 20-plus years of experience in the SEC, eight years as a head coach in this league. You know, office is right next to mine. He is a tremendous sounding board every day for me in terms of, you know, here are my thoughts. Gary, what else can we do, you know, to maximize our time on the field? What else can we do to maximize what we can get out of these kids? You know, just time management has been tremendous to have Gary here. And then on top of that, he's one of the very best pitching coaches in the country. Um, everyone I've spoken to speaks extremely highly of Gary and his ability to help young pitchers. Um, John Cohen has been a tremendous guy to work for each and every day. In terms of having success at the highest level in college baseball, he's a, he is a great resource for me um, whenever I need him. Um, he's a guy that knows what it takes to be successful in college baseball. Now he's in charge of the entire athletic department and is going to be able to do everything possible to give us all the resources we need to compete for a national championship here at Mississippi State. And he's another sounding board that I have here when things arise and, and just someone that I can lean on when I need him. He's been extremely supportive. He wants the very best for me my family, and especially this Mississippi State baseball program. So I feel like I have one of the best work environments in all of college baseball. I love coming to the office every day. Um, it's been tremendous for me. Um, the people here in Starkville, the community, has been incredible. Um, they've been so warm and welcoming to my family. Um, they've really opened their arms and embraced us and, and made us uh, really feel like home in a very short amount of time. What do you still have to do to get ready for opening day? Are you, uh, are you ready to go if, uh, if today were opening day? I'm glad we have two more weeks of practice. <laughs> I know that. You know, um, like I talked about, guys, you know, every single day we've got guys that are competing for jobs. You know, I want to create an environment where every single day our players know that they can open up a brand-new head coach's eyes and show this head coach that they can help this program win baseball games. So we are going to continue to compete every single day. We are going to continue to compete for the next two weeks. And that process is ongoing every single day. You know, I think this year with such a new club and young club, it provides us an opportunity to create that culture of competition and open competition every single day. It's not a club like last year's where you had 12 or 10 returning guys that you could knew you were going to be able to lean on an opening day. We've got guys that are the, the tempo, the energy of our practices have been tremendous every single day. We have yet to have a day where I felt like our guys were bragging and they didn't bring it. So our guys have really embraced competing for playing time, competing for mound time, and it's just something that that's the culture of this program and that's how we're going to build it on competing each and every day for playing time and earning the opportunity, earning the privilege to grab your glove and run out on the field here at Mississippi State. 
Opening day is such a special day in baseball, no matter what level we're talking about. Just what does that mean to you as a, as a coach now? Man, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's just, it creates so much energy and, and it, it gives you the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, baseball is such a hard sport in terms of, you know, your players report back to campus in August for school. You go an entire fall semester, holidays, January, halfway of February before you finally get to play somebody. So the excitement is at an all-time high before you ever play somebody because you've been practicing against each other since August, so to speak. So um, it's a great feeling, you know, to, to see all the fans get into the ballpark and the field is, you know, as pristine as it's going to be and the bunting is all around the ballpark and, you know, just um, there's a there's so much energy with opening day and it's one here that Mississippi State does right and we just can't wait to get this season started and know that. Well, we're excited too, and Andy, we really appreciate you uh, you coming on the podcast today. It's uh, it's been great talking with you, Teddy and Mike. Listen, man, um, thanks for having me on today. Like I said, we're looking forward to the start of the season. Thanks for having me on today, and hail state. <laughs> thanks, Andy. This concludes our program. Want more in depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit baseballamerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.